What up, my friend? Coach Polly Barr here from Coach's Corner. I want to thank you for joining me for conversation nuggets and tips that'll set you free. If this content is bringing you any value today, I want you to do me a huge favor, my friend, and drop me a review down below here on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at identityofonecoaching at gmail.com. With that being said, it's time to dive in so that you can be set free. Hey, 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 what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Coach's Corner with Pauly Barra. And just like the intro said, you can reach me at setfreelife.net or you can email me at identityofonecoaching at gmail.com. And so today's episode, we have, I have a very good friend of mine, Donna Cappen. Um, I know her from her son, Justin Cappen. So maybe he's watching, maybe he's not, who knows? But if you're in this live stream, do me a huge favor and hashtag replay if you're coming in on the replay. And if you're coming in live, type a one and let us know that you are here. And so how I met Donna was through a app called Clubhouse. And a lot of you know what Clubhouse is. This thing for me is just really cool because it is a huge networking uh, app and it's an opportunity to be able to uh, meet other podcasters, meet other live streamers and just get the word out. And so we were in a conversation in Larissa's um, group uh, room or club, whatever you call those things. Right. Um, and and we were talking about gratitude. And so part of the conversation was identity, um, talking, uh, speaking those words in your life and not being what people have told you you are or what you believe about yourself. And so um, we connected and I said, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And she said, yes. And so we made it happen just today. This was like getting everything ready in just the last few hours. And so Donna, do us a huge favor, my friend, and let us know who you are, how they can find you. And we'll dive right into this conversation of identity. I love it. Paul, it's my pleasure to be with you today. And so about me, I am a biblical life, a holistic health coach. My passion is to help people discover their true identity and to walk in the liberty of the health that God died and gave, paid for them to have. So um, I use that, you do that with essential oils, raindrop therapy, and biblical life coaching, all of it together for the, for the whole man. You can get a hold of me on Facebook. Um, I am Donna Cappen, and I am also, you can get a hold of me at wilddreammentors.com, which is my website. So it's my honor to be with you and to be able to share this conversation with a very godly man. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am very honored to have you on. Um, so thank you for coming on live with me. Um, and so what we've titled this today is who do you think you are? And I actually did a message that was um, similar to this with our church. And it was it was talking about the time where Jesus asked his disciples, who do you who do people say that I am? And so his disciples were coming up with all these different answers. And they were like, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're this and some say you're that. But then Jesus asked them this very specific question and said, "Okay, but who do you say that I am? And when uh, Peter got it, he said, oh, my God, you are the Christ, which means the anointed one. At that moment, Jesus said, I hand you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. 
and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He didn't say whatever you, you asked me to bind. He said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven as well. And so this is where identity, we were just talking in the back studio, how the enemy is always trying to come to have you have some unbelief about who you are. And it goes even deeper than on, than than just the believer in Christ. People themselves really truly don't know who they are because of their circumstances, the places that they've been raised up in, the words that have been spoken over them, and all of these different elements that will cause a person to sit in a place of unbelief. And so we want to dive right into that conversation. So I know that uh, Donna had this statement that she had shared with us earlier that was just, it totally blew my mind. And I I write notes, but when I write notes, it's because it's something that has truly impacted my life. So if you can, Donna, share exactly what you what you were saying about the lies that we believe. Yes. Um, a couple months ago, um, I was struggling with a, with a, with a situation where I was sewing into a relationship that was not, I had sewed into it for a couple of years, something that I felt like that the Lord had called me to do. And I was looking for love connection and fellowship and I got nothing back from it. The person just was like a stone wall. I mean, it was just like, I can't even explain it. It's just like a stone wall. There was no, no response. No, no. How are you? Good. It was just no, and after two years, I decided that's it. That's it. I'm all done. And the Lord, that night, that night, the Lord, I always read the scriptures before I go to bed. It's saying, Lord, to speak to me in the secret place while I'm sleeping. Teach me the things. Show me my pride. Give Mm. me revelation that I would not otherwise have. In the night, the Lord gave me a vision of her heart. And in the vision, he showed me her heart blossoming, like dry ground. All of a sudden, the moisture finally penetrated and life came and the joy that came on her face. And then the Lord said to my spirit, love never fails, Donna. Just like that. Love never fails. And then he showed me this. Any area in your life that does not have a redemptive solution is under the influence of a lie. Wow. Any area in your life that does not have a redemptive solution is under the influence of a lie. Wow. And the question is, for every one of us, and this isn't just a one-time thing, Paul. Honestly, we have these lies presented to us every day. What's the lie? And in this case, I was believing that love does fail. Mm. That God's word doesn't, it will not. He says his word will never return void. In this situation, I was looking at it like there was never going to be fruit. And that is direct polar opposite of what his word says. And it was producing offense in me. 
Wow. That is new, number one. It wasn't godly. But I, I mean, I wanted to withdraw all ungodly fruits were coming out of my spirit because I was done. I was looking for something. My expectations were here and the Lord never told me. He told me to be a friend of her for her, not for me. Right. And, and he showed me so beautifully in the dream. He showed me his heart for her. He showed me his purpose. And then I was here for such a time as this to give her love, to produce life and to break the chains off of her heart. Wow. So the question is, in any area, like what you're, we're talking identity, what's the lie? What's the lie that we, that we are not? Obviously, if we were conscious of it, we wouldn't believe it. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. So lots of times we believe something because we have got an old recording. This mm. is this is always going to be the way it's going to be. And it, the Lord said, that's exactly the opposite. Be not deceived. God, God will not be mocked. He watches over his word to perform it and will not allow it to return void. Does that mean sometimes most of the time? Always. He watches over his word to perform it. The only way his word will not work is if we negate it with our words of doubt and unbelief and say the opposite of what he said. Wow. And so that's the challenge. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like like we were saying earlier, I mean, there, there's so much so, so many nuggets in there that that we can draw out. Um, number one is, is that, that recording that continues to play in your mind. The enemy continues to keep playing that and he doesn't fast forward it. He just rewinds it and plays it again, rewinds it, plays it again, rewinds it and plays it again. And so what happens is those words are seeds. And so those seeds begin to take root and those roots begin to to uh, uh, spine out into into other roots and they begin to start uh, grabbing the soil and it begins to harden. It begins to take root in the places of um, a person's life that will keep them in a place of staying bound. And so what I want to share really quick is Luke 15, 17 through 21. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's about the prodigal son. Now watch this. This guy was the younger of two brothers. He said, yo, pops, I want my money, my inheritance. I'm out. I've got to go. Um, I'm good. All the laws here. I'm not about them, but I want to go. So the father gave him the inheritance. The older son stayed behind. Through this time, um, the younger son that was out there squandered all his money, took all his gifts, everything, and was done. Now, as a Hebrew, as a Jew, right, now he's working in a pig's pen. There's so much revelation there. Jews don't eat pork, right? They don't do nothing. To, they, have nothing to do with, they have nothing to do with swine at all whatsoever. They have nothing to do with that. It is detestable in their eyes, right? And so now he's in this place of detest. He's in this place of filth. And so once he once he gets to this place, verse 17 says it this way. But when he came to himself, 
Mm-hmm. What does that mean? When he when he took his mind, like the apostle Paul says, taking every thought captive yes. to the obedience of Christ. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants, which are Gentile, have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? Watch this. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. In that moment, he forgot who he was, but he knew that even in the place that he was in his unbelief, he could go to his father and his father would at least hire him as a servant because his servants even eat better than what he's eating at that moment. So verse 20, it says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. The father didn't even respond to the son. (laughs) This is where people have to catch this. The father didn't even respond to the son. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. What does this represent? This represents us as, as people, children of God, that when we understand, why am I going through this situation? I know that I'm better than this. I know that if I even just get back to the father, that he will give me something that is going to sustain me. And what is what is Jesus Christ telling us in this passage? He's saying, listen, all you need to do is return to the father because you have lost your identity and yes. it's time for you to own that identity back. Now watch this. Right after this, now we're talking about the son who has been there the whole time. Now his older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to him, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may be merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Now, here's where this stands out to me. How did the older son know that he was with harlots? How did the older son know that that all of this stuff was going on? His son, his brother heard he's out there in a bad place. Not once did his son, his brother 
go and say, look, it's time for you to come home. Not right. once. So who's really lost here? Right. Who was really lost? Because as he's telling him that the father said, son, you were always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So who's really lost here? Was it the son that was out there squandering or was it the son that was already in the house that didn't take of the gifts that the father had already given him? You follow what I'm saying? So who who really knew their identity? Oh, they're both messed up, actually. They're both completely messed up. The one thing that is really standing out to me in this, Paul, is something the Lord taught me uh, about a year and a half ago, and that he, he showed me that my value system that I had placed an idol in my life. And, and, yeah. And the idol's name was Hollywood. And that wow. I was measuring my worth and value based on a standard that I had to weigh a certain amount. I had to look Ooh. a certain way. I had to, it was mostly about my person. And the Lord showed me, it took him about a month and a half to get this really drilled home. But boy, by the time it was a straight month and a half in my journal, how the Lord was convicting me that I had taken on a, an idol and placed it in front of his value system. And the thing wow. that's so key about this is the prodigal son recognizes his need for repentance before he goes to the father. He recognizes his belief system is screwed up. And I had to come to my father and say, Lord, how, how hurtful. How hurtful it must have been to you for me to place a value system of this freaking world in front of what you died to give me, how you made me. What does the pot have to say to the potter? You should have made me. I'm five foot two and (laughs) okay, I am not the standard of Hollywood. Come on. And the Lord showed me, but you are perfectly and wonderfully made. And you're here for such a time as this. And I renounced and repented of taking my value based on what the world system was and putting my value to him and him alone. I am perfectly and wonderfully made by the father. And that changed my identity. It changed my confidence. It changed my mission. And the scale is no longer the thing that drives my life. Wow. Thank you. I I really believe that we have to go to the prodigal's heart in order to get the oneness and the confidence in our identity. We've got to ask, where have we got our value system from? Wow. And that, that is an idol. We've placed it. Here's the father. We've placed that thing in front of the father's system. And this has become our standard instead of what the Lord says his standard is. This is so important for the freedom that God, and guess what happens? It changes everything. When I get up and I see myself and I measure myself with the father, that I can come up higher. 
I'm not limited by what the world system is. I can come up way higher and go. And when I can walk into a room and not have myself on my mind, I can, when I have the father's identity, I can look and look into the room and see who in the room can I bless? Who needs a friend? Who needs an encouragement? What brother or sister has a broken spirit? Do you see how it changes everything? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so good. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable about your walk. You know, there, there are so, there, there are so many out there Christians. Yes. They're like, I'll share my story, but I'm going to leave this part out. And I get it. There's some stuff that, you know, we just, sometimes we just don't want to share, but if it's part of your testimony that broke through a curse that has broke through some walls that has gotten you to the place that you are now, what does the Bible said? They will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your shyness. It says the word of your testimony. Yes, that's so good, Paul. That's so good. It is the the word of your testimony that that breaks chains. It breaks atmospheres. When you know what your identity is, you ought to be able to walk into a room and people feel your presence. You ought to be able to walk into in, into a room. Curses are being broken because let's face it, the apostle Paul and the and the apostles, the disciples, they were so anointed that they were able to walk and just just in their shadow, yes. people were being healed. Why? Yeah. Because the power of God we are glory carriers. Yes. That's we what we are. We ought to be able to go into any type of civil building and speak the word of God, lay hands on people just by touching them. They shall be healed by the laying of hands. It's not some churchy yes. event. It's about walking up to somebody and just touching them and they shall be healed in the name and by the blood of Jesus. And so yeah. when when we know what our identity is, yes. this is where the enemy wants to, but are you really that person? Yes. Have you, I mean, like, did God really say that you would die? Yeah. When Eve didn't understand, she was searching for something that she already was. She was already in the image of God, but it's almost like those situations. What do I have to compare to when God had everything laid out? God had everything already there. And all he said was, listen, don't touch certain things and you'll be fine. And then what happens? The lies begin. That's discontent. And, you know, that's a real good, you know, I always like to look at um, little um blinking red lights as warning lights, like um, comparison that breeds discontent. Mm. Like, how do you know, how do you know what, what, what's really in your heart? Well, first of all, you can take a look in the mirror and if your face does not reflect joy, then what's going on in your heart, you know, out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. So out of your mouth during the day, that will tell you if there is wounds, anger, offense, hurt. It'll also tell you if you're if you if you got a bitterness towards someone. It all creeps out of your mouth whether you recognize it or 
or not. So <laughs> this is where you have, if you have a spouse that will hold you accountable. <laughs> right. It, my husband and I are always doing a double check on each other. I'm like, uh, what just did you say? Because when we're the, if we're going to walk into a room and be world changers and carry the presence of the Lord, we've got to know which is your point, who we are, what we're called to do, that we're, we're containers of, of the Father, of his glory, of his presence. And we, I, I, it is my greatest prayer that when I walk into the room, the, the, the atmosphere changes. Amen. Changing the atmosphere because of our power. We're con- it's not me, it's him. His love, his joy, his peace, his confidence. There's yes. no insecurity. There's no con- in fear of rejection. There's no identity crisis or comparing yourself to someone else. That does not exist when you know your true identity in, in Christ. Wow. Wow. That is that is so deep. And so my question is this for you to to help our listeners. Okay. Right. Um, what would you say to a person? To that one person that's listening right now. What actions would you take? What actions would you advise? That's that's, you know, biblical, obviously, because um, that's that's what we're doing here. Uh, what actions do you take to do so to combat those thoughts and to combat the unbelief? Okay. There's three things. Number one, we need to go back to the prodigal son and we need to come before the father and ask him for forgiveness for Mm. placing a standard of our value system. That is not from him. I called it Hollywood because that was just me. This way, I don't know if I mean God doesn't call a spirit of Hollywood, <laughs> but it, it. I mean, whether it's a love of money or most people have a standard where they the world system. So I would say true coming to the Father and re- true repentance. Wow, renouncing your allegiance, and then and asking Him to fill you up with a revelation of how much he loves you and he his his truth and that and that he would grow every day a revelation of how special you are and that you're here for such a time as this that is the first thing to do secondly you mentioned it earlier and that is renewing your mind i'm going to just tell you about Oh, 30 years ago, my husband told me, you know, Donna, you you wake up in the morning and you get up and for the first hour, you you say all the things that are wrong with you. By the time you're dressed, you come downstairs, you're completely defeated and discouraged and think you're worthless. Wow. And I, at the time, I was just like, well, how does he know what I'm thinking? But he was absolutely right. So I, I, I mean, I plugged into Joyce Meyer the battlefield of the mind. And I listened to Joyce Meyer. My kids would let, would tell you I had it going for 10 years. I renewed my mind every morning. I stopped the old tape track and I plugged in the truth. I, re- I 
replaced the old, you know, you have to get yourself out of the rut with the truth. Okay, so renewing your mind by allowing your mind to wander. That's the first thing. And the second and the third thing is I would look up scriptures on identity. No, I just love Google. I just type in scriptures on identity. And it usually comes up with about 30 scriptures. And then I want you to find three scriptures that really hit you. Like that is my word. And then I want you to write them out in first person. In other words, I know how I've formed you. So the Lord would say to me, Donna, I formed you in your mother's womb. And I gave you the breath of life. Can you see, Paul, how that changes your life? So every time the enemy comes up to me and says, um, oh, you're disgusting. What, you know, all the things that the enemy says, I can't think of anything right now. Or or you're not worthy. You're not good enough. And you certainly are not strong enough. You're not smart enough. What makes you think you can do that? And you certainly aren't going to be able to set other people free. You have to say just what Jesus did. And you mentioned it. Get thee behind me, Satan. That is not what the Lord says. His word says, and you're all ready to go with your verse. The Lord said, I am here for such a time as this. And he is blessing the work of my hands and the words of my mouth will not return void. Come on. So it is about renewing your mind by the truth. And you have that has to be something like what you said, Paul, has to be very intentional. That is not going to happen by osmosis because the enemy doesn't want you to be free. He wants you to believe in the lie. So you'll he doesn't care if you if you disown Christ. He just wants to render you ineffective. Come on. You believing that you're nothing and you don't matter when actually if you have breath in your lungs, you have a power position and a place in history, and God has placed you in your circle of influence for such a time as this. That's so good. You know, one of the things that the enemy is saying, just like the title of this broadcast, who do you think you are? Yes. Who do you really think you are? And we're like, I know who I am, bro. (laughs) That's right, you do. (laughs) You know, know, to to, uh, tie to what you were saying, um, so Juan, Juan Frias, he says, when my mind <clears throat> begins to wonder, it's hard to stop it. And it's usually when yeah. I'm trying to sleep. So yeah. this is why it's imperative, Juan, that in the morning you're renewing your mind, yes. renew your, the, the spirit of your mind daily, because that's where the enemy wants to come in, especially when we're tired. See, the enemy wants to speak to us and say, well, if you don't go grind, you're not productive. If you don't go do this, then you're not productive. And so he wants us overworked. So now we don't have enough sleep. There's not enough rest. There's not enough, you know, bringing God into the equation. So when he gets us tired, look what he did with Jesus. Jesus was done fasting for 40 days. And when Jesus was weary, guess who shows up? Yes. Satan. So keep going, Donna. Well, one, I want to speak to your spirit. I have three scriptures here. And I'd like you to, to write them down. It's Psalm 16, 7. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Mm. Here's another one. Psalm 17, 3. You've tested my heart. 
you have visited me in the night. And Psalm 63, 6, when I remember you in my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. And this is why it's so important. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. So when, when we know his word and we're in a state like Juan is talking about, he's being attacked. He's being attacked. That's the enemy trying to tear him down. So you know, it tells me, Juan, it tells me that you are called. And Come on. Very powerful purpose and presence, or the enemy would not be wasting his time on you. So get these scriptures, get them in your head, and oh, there you go, and memorize them. Get them. I have them right by my bed. I actually pray them over my spirit. And my brother-in-law is currently in a semi-coma, and so I pray it over him. Amen. I pray over him every night so that and he he's his spirit is being taught of the Lord, even the deep sleep that he's in. Come on. Come mm -hmm. on. That's why it is imperative that mothers and fathers speak over the womb when that yes. baby is in the womb. Oh, You've yes. got to speak it into that baby, into that person, because it, it is a young adult. That's what it is. It's yeah. a young adult. And yeah. so our words are power and that's where the identity comes in. And I like, like what you said earlier about what you speak is what your heart is. So it's like a sponge. Yes. When that sponge is squeezed and there's dirt that comes out, guess what? Dirt comes out. If there's soap in there, soap comes out. If there's the word of God, when you're being squeezed, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if we have nothing in there, and the enemy is squeezing us. Oh my God, there's fear. Oh my God, there's doubt. Oh my God, everything's just messed up. No, but when you have the word in you saying, you know what? I know who you are, Satan. That is a familiar spirit. And you are on point. Juan Frias is a true man of God. Yes. He is a giver. He is anointed. He's got power. I mean, yes. this guy is rock star. I know him personally. He Personally, he's one of my best friends. And this guy is, I mean, he is grafted into the kingdom of God. And so thank you for sharing those scriptures with him, because I know that this broadcast was not on accident. Amen. Hey, let's pray over him right now. Let's do it. Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, one, we declare right now, we buy into the enemy from, from tormenting your sleep because God's yes. word, he gives sleep to those he loves. Yes. And so we declare right now that your sleep is not only sweet, but the Father is going to give you deep counsel and instruct you in the night seasons. And when you wake up, you'll have new revelation of his power, his love, his joy and confidence in the Holy Spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We claim it. Man, thank you so much, Donna, for coming on today. We're, we're just so blessed. Um, if you have any parting words for anyone, whatever's in your spirit, um, go ahead and drop them. If not, then we're just going to, we're going to end this broadcast. Okay. So the, I do have, if this is um, a book, if you want to become more consciously aware of your verbiage, which is training, it's really just training. There's a book called Conscious Language mm. and it will help you see um, how patterns of your verbiage that um, that could that is causing you destruction.
You're very welcome, Juan. We're glad that you're on the broadcast. And secondly, um, I my one of my passions is to teach people how to get a prophetic word from the Lord every morning, literally learning how to take a scripture that he takes you to and how to get it into a first person where he's speaking directly to you. It is a life changing thing. So mm. I would begin to ask your listeners to start asking the Lord to reveal to them mm. how to get a personal prophetic word from the Lord. And maybe that's a broadcast you and I can connect with again and just teach people how to get a prophetic word together. Amen. Absolutely. Man, this has been so rich. This has been so awesome. Um, those out there that are listening, you can actually get um, some of my affirmations, my I am statements. You can go to bit.ly forward slash um, I am free download and you get a free download of of 20 I am statements that are all scripture that'll say, I am surrounded by the fire of God. I am a child of God. I am this. And so read them over your life because what you hear is what you become. Absolutely. You are not to constantly be battling your mind because that's exhaustion. It is exhaustion. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be. And so we are so thankful for you, Donna, coming on again. This is going to be on on YouTube and Apple podcast. Um, And so once that once that gets out there, I will let you know. And all of your links will be on the show notes below. And so thank you so much, Donna, for coming in. And those that are watching, we love you guys. God bless you. And we will see you on the next Coach's Corner. All right. We love you all.